We learned in the previous Mishnah that if somebody steals something, or if he is responsible for guarding over somebody else's item, or if he borrows something, or in other scenarios where he needs to return some money to somebody else, but he swears falsely that he already returned the money, or that he never borrowed it in the first place, and he is not obligated to return the money, and later on he comes back and admits that actually he swore falsely and he does owe this person money. In that case, he is liable to pay him keren v'choymesh, the value, plus a fifth, which we explained to actually mean the value plus a quarter, just since a quarter is a fifth of the total value of one and a quarter, it is known as a fifth. So he's obligated to pay back keren v'choymesh, and as well as that, he needs to bring a korban osham in order to receive a full atonement for his sin of stealing and swearing falsely. And we saw in the previous Mishnah that this only applies if he himself admits to having done this and sworn falsely. But if witnesses testify that he swore falsely and that really he does owe the money, then the punishment of Karen v'choymesh v'oshom will not apply, and he would only need to pay back the actual value of the item in order to receive the atonement for stealing it. So this Mishnah brings a very similar example. If Ruvain gives an item of his to Shimon, for Shimon to guard over it, and he comes back to Shimon and he says, Heichon b'gdoini, where is my item which I gave you to guard? On my lie, Shimon says back to Ruvain, Nignav, it was stolen. So Ruvain says back to Shimon, Mashpiachani, I make you swear about this. And for Omar Amein, Shimon answered, Omein, he accepted the Shavua. So he has now sworn that the item was stolen and therefore he does not need to pay back Ruvain because it wasn't his fault. But then later on, witnesses testify that actually he is the one who stole it, that Shimon himself took it. So since witnesses testified about it, there is no obligation of Chaymesh or of bringing a carbon Asham. However, interestingly, says the Mishnah, Shimon is obligated to pay back Tashlumi Kefel, double the value, because if you think about it, he is now considered to be not a Guzlan, but a Ganav. He stole something in secret. He claimed that he didn't steal it, and therefore he needs to pay back Tashlumi Kefel double the value of the item which he stole. However, if he admitted himself later on that actually he stole it and he swore falsely, then he would need to pay back Karen and Chaymesh, the added quarter, and he would also need to bring a carbon Asham. And the reason why in this case he would not need to bring he would not need to give Tashlomi Kefel, even though he did steal it, is because the double payment is considered to be a fine. It's a knas. The actual value itself is in order to compensate the owner. The reason why he pays back double, though, is as a fine. And the rule is, potter. One who admits himself to owing a knas is exempt from paying it. Only if witnesses testify that he is liable to pay the knas, only then does he have to do it, but since in this case, he is the one who admitted and came to Basin and said that he is liable to pay, he is exempt because of the rule of Meida Beknas Potter. Mishnotes, Oviv, one who steals from his father, Menishbaloi, and he swears to him that he didn't steal from him, Vamase, and then his father dies, and he admitted to having stolen it, and sworn falsely, so he needs to pay back Karen and Choymeshen and Osham, but his father has already died. And when his father dies, he is supposed to inherit his father. And he's got a couple of other brothers, so between them they're supposed to split the inheritance from their father. So I could have thought that he wouldn't need to pay anything. He'll say that this part of the inheritance which my father was supposed to receive, he was supposed to receive another Karen and Choymesh, so I'll take part, that part of the inheritance, and it would come out that he doesn't have to pay anything. However, that's a big problem, because we see in the Pesukim that the only way that the Gazlan can receive an atonement for his sin is if he fulfills the commandment of the Heishavis Agazela, of returning the stolen item. And in a case where he needs to return the stolen item plus a Choymesh, so that is the way 
that he needs to receive his, his atonement. So what should he do? Says the Mishnah, He should pay the Kerem to his father's sons, who would be his brothers, or to his father's brothers, if there are no, if there are no other sons of the father. This, per- this Gazan has no brothers. So the next person in line to inherit the father would be the father's brother. So you should give that to them, and they would be inheriting that payment from the Guzlan's father, and that way he can receive his, into- his atonement. However, very interestingly, the Mishnah says, in a right, so what happens if this person doesn't want to? He doesn't want to lose any of the inheritance. Or he doesn't have enough property that he can afford losing out a part of the inheritance. So the Chachomim were lenient in this case, and they gave him a way of getting out of it. He should borrow money from somebody else, and then after he borrows the money, he should give the Ken and Chaymesh to his brothers to fulfill the mitzvah of returning the stolen item of the Heshavus Agzela. And then he'll have no money left, and when the lender comes to collect the money back, he'll say, I haven't got any money left. But the money which I did have at the time that I borrowed from you, I gave that away to somebody else. And the lender has the right to collect that money from the brothers, because he gave away that money after he borrowed from this person. So the lender has the right to collect that money from his brothers. So it emerges that he fulfilled the mitzvah of the Heshav Zagzela, returning the, the stolen item, just that he won't lose out because he got to borrow money without returning it. The same amount of money which he would have lost out in the inheritance, he borrowed, so he borrowed the value of Karim Chaymesh, and then instead of him paying it back, his brothers paid it back. So it ends up being that his share in the inheritance is not, is not affected, and yet he still managed to fulfill the mitzvah and gain his atonement by returning the Karen Vachimesh to his brothers. So the Mishnah says, Loiver, he should borrow money from somebody else, the value of the Karen Vachimesh, and then he should give Karen Vachimesh to his brothers, and the lender who is owed money will come and collect the money from his brothers. Mishnah Yud, this Mishnah brings in a similar scenario, or a similar way of getting out of something. One who says to his son, I'm making a neder, a vow, that you cannot benefit from any of my possessions. One is able to do that, that's known as a neder, where he forbids somebody else to benefit from his possessions. In mace, if the father dies, Yoshenu. The son does inherit his property, because then it doesn't belong to the father anymore. It would belong to him, and therefore it would be permitted for him to benefit from it. However, if the father said, I'm making a neder, that you can't benefit from my possessions, both while the father is alive and after he dies, then in mace, if when he, when he dies, the son does not inherit him, because it's forbidden for him to benefit from any of his father's property, even once his father dies. So what would he need to do? His share in the inheritance would go to the other inheritors. The Yachzad von Echov, which literally means he should return, but it means he should give his share in the inheritance to his father's sons, or if there are no other sons of the father, then to his father's brothers, who are next in line to inherit him, because he cannot inherit his father. But again, the Mishnah says, in this case, we also are lenient upon him, such that v'im einloi, if he doesn't have enough money that he can afford to lose out on this opportunity to receive money from the inheritance, he's in need of more money, so he can get out of this by loive, he should borrow money, and use that money to live whatever he needs to do, and when the lender comes to collect 
back the loan so you can pay him from the inheritance which he received. It's forbidden for him to benefit from that property, but he is able to use it to pay off his loan. That's not considered to be a real benefit. He's not gaining anything in a positive sense. And so again, this is another way of getting out of losing one's right to his father's inheritance. We've seen a couple of scenarios where it's more tricky and complicated for somebody to fulfill the mitzvah of the Heishevis Agzela. In order to, to really receive his atonement for stealing, he has to fulfill the requirement of the Torah of the Heishevis Agzela, of returning the stolen item. And in a case where he swore, so he has to pay back Karen Vachemesh and bring a Karen Oshon, he needs to do that in order to receive his atonement. So we saw a case where he himself stole from his father, so he should inherit his father, so perhaps he won't be able to fulfill the mitzvah of Ahishu's Agzela if his father died. Or in a case where the person he stole from went far away abroad, so it's harder for him to fulfill the mitzvah of Ahishu's Agzela. And the Mishnah has discussed how exactly he should go about making sure that he can still receive atonement and fulfill this requirement of the Heishavis Agzela. This Mishnah brings another similar scenario, which the Torah itself actually describes this case. The Torah says that if the person who he stole from dies, and he has nobody to inherit him, so this person has no one to pay the Karim to. In that case, says the Torah, he should give the Karim to the Koyanim. Whichever Koyanim is serving in the Mishnah during that week, he should give it to them, and that way the Torah considers it as if he gave it to the person who he stole from, and that's how he receives his atonement. Now when exactly is this case applicable at all? Who in the world doesn't have anybody to inherit them? Their closest relative will inherit them. If they haven't got sons, so their brothers will inherit them. If they haven't got brothers, so there's a order of who is considered to be the closest relative that they should inherit the father, and they should inherit this person. But you're always going to reach the person who is most closely related to him, and he will be considered the one who inherits him, and you should pay him the Karen and Chaimesh. So the Mishnah says that this case applies to a very specific case of a ger, somebody who converts to become Jewish, because when somebody converts, it's considered to be like they are reborn, and they are no longer related to anybody who they are related to before. They have no relatives. So if they get married and have children, etc., so then they are creating people who they are related to. But what happens if Hagezel Sager, one who steals from a convert, and that convert dies without any other relatives who can inherit him, and Vanishbaloi, before he died, the Gazlan swore to him that he didn't steal from him, Vameis, and then the convert died. He needs to pay the Karen Vachemesh. To who? To the Kernim who were working in the Bishamikdosh during that week. And he would still need to bring a carbon Oshom to the Mizbeach. That is still part of the atonement of this Gazlan. Shinema, as the Posuk says, If the person who he stole from has no redeemer, to return the Karen and Chaymesh to him. Over here, Oshom is not referring to the carbon Oshom, but it's referring to the Karen and Chaymesh which he needs to pay. So in such a case, says the Pasuk, The Karen and Chaymesh is returned to Hashem, to the Koyen. It's as if Hashem says that instead of going to the person who was stolen from, it goes to me, and I am giving it to the Koyanim. And therefore this Gaza would need to give it to the Koyanim. And this is Milvad, apart from El HaKippurim Boyalov, the Ram of Atonement, which he will receive an atonement via it. 
Meaning, apart from giving the Kenan Chemesh to the Kohanim, he still is obligated to bring the Karan Osham in order to receive his full atonement for stealing this item and swearing that he didn't do so. Now, what happens if the Gazlan Hoyo Males Akesef, who was bringing up the money, the Osham and the Karan Osham, to Yerushalayim, to the Beis Hamikdash, in order to give it to the Kohanim and to bring us a Karan? Vomis, and on the way there, he died. So Akesef, the money, the Kohanim Chemesh, Yinosin Levonov is given to the Gazlan's sons, they inherit it, and they can keep it for themselves. The whole reason in this case why he's giving the Karen Rechoymesh is not in order to compensate the person who was stolen from, because he's now dead and he has no inheritors. So in terms of a monetary right, nobody has a monetary right over this Karen Rechoymesh. The only reason why he's giving the Karen Rechoymesh is in order that he can receive an atonement. So the Torah said that he's still got a way to do so by giving it to the Kayanim. But the Kayanim have no monetary right over this Karen Rechoymesh, until he actually gives it to them. And therefore, if he dies before giving it to them, that money still belongs to the Gazlan, and the Gazlan's sons will inherit it from him. And they don't need to give it, they don't need to receive an atonement, it's only the Gazlan himself. So if he dies, then it's too late, and he didn't receive his atonement, but his sons can receive that money as an inheritance and keep it for themselves. Now what about the Ha'ashom, the Korban Ashom? He has an animal which he already designated as a Korban Ashom. So now they can't, this has holiness to it, but it can't be bought as a carbon because a carbon ocean can only be bought if the person who designated it and needs to bring it is still alive. So the Mishnah says, it should pasture about until it develops a injury or a wound which invalidates it from being bought as a carbon, and then the mocher, then it's able to be sold. And the money which they get for selling that that animal, that money will go towards the Dova, which refers to carbonus which are brought on the Mizbeach as voluntary carbonus. When there are no carbonus being brought on the Mizbeach, so they would bring carbonus oila just to make sure that the Mizbeach is constantly in use and being used for the sake of carbonus. So this money would go towards that. Because this money has sanctity to it. It needs to be used only for the sake of Besamekdosh purposes. And so that is what would be done with that money.